lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Thanks for joining us for another episode of An American's Guide to Formula One. Sorry, I haven't put an episode out in a while. Uh, it being summer, I just was taking some time off. Um, the drivers were taking some time off. The sport was taking some time off, so it was I, but we're going to get back into it. And I'm going to try and promise to do a little bit better uh, on the second half of the season with race recaps and episodes, getting them up um, in a timely manner. Um, but thanks for sticking it out. Thanks for coming back and listening. Um, I am joined today via the phone again um, by my dad. Hey, Dad. Hey, Andrew. A.K.A. Tim Lewis. Um, I don't know if I've actually AKA ever said that. A.K.A. Spicy Ketchup. Spicy Ketchup. Um, yeah. So, yes, we're welcome back. From break, I guess. Well, yeah, we're recording this the week before spa. Hopefully, have it out before spa, so right at the end of summer break for the Formula One calendar. Um, and we still need to do a couple updates. This is kind of a catch-up episode, um, a little bit looser format than usual, um, which I think is going to work better. Um, but we need to talk about. Um, Silverstone, the British Grand Prix, the first ever sprint race in Formula One, um, and all of the drama that came up with that. We're also going to talk about Hungary, the Hungarian Grand Prix, and also the drama that came up with that, and uh, a kind of half first half recap, and then probably a looking forward kind of segment. So um, stay tuned and fast forward to the part that you're most interested in. So let's jump right in with um, the Silverstone Grand Prix. Always seemingly like one of those racetracks where I'm like, ah, oh, Silverstone, it's been here forever, it's whatever, it'll be whatever. And they always seem to deliver, at least in the in the in the recent years. You know, we had Botas blowing off his tire. We've had Leclerc doing some pretty amazing stuff, getting on the podium. Um, but yeah, uh, what did you think of? Of Silverstone, what was your what was your remembering? I know it's been a while, and yeah, well, um, yeah, and it's uh, the uh, the sprint race, you know. Well, yeah, the, I was uh, was really kind of uh, really anxious to check check out the sprint race to see what it would be like, and uh, I mean, there's pros and cons. I mean, I thought it was kind of exciting because it's a short race; it's about a half an hour to run, and uh, it just seems like uh, things just go happen quicker. You don't have a whole race uh, to, you know, 50 laps or whatever. It's a fraction of that. And uh, I definitely thought, like, I, I was impressed. I thought it was really cool. I thought it made the weekend as a whole. Um, for those of you who don't know, there's always, like, what they call the race weekend. So there's, like, practice sessions, qualifying on Saturday usually, and then the actual Grand Prix on Sunday, but most of the time, you know, there's cheaper seat tickets for practice sessions. There's, um, same for qualifying, but you can go to all of them. Sometimes I think even the practices at most tracks are free. Um, that's my general thought too, kid. Yeah. Uh, but I think as an overall making the weekend more of a thing and like as fans of the sport, having more racing to watch, I'm not disappointed in that. 
my only critique was that I, I forgot that it was happening and I looked on Instagram and qualifying results got uh, spoiled for me before I could watch qualifying. So that was my only, my only critique is that I need to keep a better heads up for the, they're going to do three of these tests. This was the first of three for this season to see if it's something that uh, they want to adopt for the future. Um, but yeah, as a, as a, as a, a general thing, I think there's, um, there's some kinks to work out for sure, but the action and the excitement and like the kind of build up to the race itself, I think it worked well. Um, Agreed. One of the things yeah. that I, I was listening to the race and one of the, the commentaries, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the guy who said it, but he said it would be really cool to see uh, no driver and pit wall communication because it is, I think it was 17 laps, a hundred kilometers is what it was. The regulations are set to, which was, and I think ended up being 17 laps of Silverstone. Um, right. And yeah, that's not a, that's not a long time. It's not like you need to have massive strategy discussions between your team. So I think it would be cool to like, really like, yeah, put the drivers out there on the own. Um, I think there was, what did they, was it, uh, I'm struggling to remember, I think they could pick whatever tire compound they wanted, and it also gave them free choice of tire compound um, for the race. I think it would have been cool if they would have had to use, like, the same as the normal GP rules, where whatever you did in qualifying two is what you have to start the sprint race on. But then, mm -hmm. because I think that for the people who chose the right tire for the sprint race, the sprint race worked out really well. And the people who like tried to shake it up, I, rem I think distinctly Botas chose to be on softs, which ended up biting him because the, the dang on those were really bad that day. But, you know, standout stars were Alonzo. I think he made up like eight positions <laughs> over that, over the first like two laps or something. I think some drivers were playing a cautious and he was like, what do I have to lose? I'm a two-time world champion and I'm driving for Alpine. So <laughs> he put it out and that made it exciting. Um, Boy, didn't it. The other, my other concern is it does, it does, I, I think, kind of cheapen the pole position. Like, obviously, based over practice sessions and stuff, it seemed like the, 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 the Red Bull is ever so slightly quicker around Silverstone than the Mercedes was. But I think Hamilton is just something special and something really special came together for him to, to get that lap. And then I think he kind of was playing it cautious knowing that it was the sprint race and there wasn't really a lot of points on offer. Um, so he kind of backed out, um, which I think also led to the, to the drama of what happened on, on, on the actual Sunday, but he did lose that pretty amazing lap advantage. And it's not like there's a championship point for pole, which I think there always should be. That's one of the things I would petition for is pole position should always become with a world championship lap or world championship point. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think their sprint race kind of cheapens the, the qualifying? Um, I don't. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I really was exciting. Uh, all's happening quick. But then it's more wear and tear on the equipment, and yet you have more. Uh, and of course, you only have so many power units and such that you can use during the year without penalty. And 
Um, is it worth that in a period of time where Formula One is apparently trying to cut costs? Um, you know, that, that doesn't quite compute. But uh, I, I think I kind of side with Martin Brundle, you know, when he commented, he says, I kind of like this. It's kind of, yeah. it's exciting. And, and, um, and, and he wasn't, you know, being an old school driver, I imagine he was really skeptical, but it, it, uh, it definitely caught the attention. And I don't know, does it cheapen it? I, I don't think so. I think it just is another element. The thing is, is will it grow tired? I, I just uh, I, I think why why qualify then? Just to set the lineup from for the grid, you know, for the sprint race. Yeah. I mean I guess that's that's still something. It's still an advantage. You have somewhat of an advantage. I mean it's not like I guess if you qualify pole you're gonna have a likely a better likelihood of coming in first. It's not like you're you're always gonna get over like overtaken during a sprint race. So I guess it, it does still have an advantage, but it's like I don't know. It didn't seem to mean as much. Maybe it was because Hamilton got passed, and maybe that's not always the case, but I would like to see more emphasis put on qualifying. I don't think that we need to always be trying. I think qualifying sometimes is the most exciting part of the weekend. I think back to the Styrian Grand Prix and Austrian Grand Prix, those qualifying sessions seem to be much more entertaining than the race itself. Um, But yet there's no real significant championship advantage uh, I think it'd be really cool to start to see a, like a point or two awarded for pole position. And then I did like that there was some points um, awarded for the sprint race. Wasn't it like um, three points for first? Or I was going to ask you because I've forgotten. And, you, um, if, you, if you can entertain them for a second and talk, I will look it up. Okay, I will. Um, Why, you do. You do. So yeah, the uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm talking about uh, why don't I broke, go off and talk about the upcoming the the break that we've been involved with. No, hold on, that, I, no, I don't want. No, we're gonna talk about that at the end. Thank you though. I I looked it up. Okay. I got it. Here's the thing: it's three points for first place, two points for second place, and one point for third. So okay. Max got two and then points, what is Hamilton that? Hamilton got two points, and Botas got a, a point for and, coming in third. Right, and then what is that? How does that affect qualifying? Uh, I'm just saying. I think. I mean, if you're going to give points for a sprint race, I I think pole position lap at every track is the fastest a driver can go around that circuit that year, usually. Yeah. And sometimes it sets the record, the race lap, the the record of that track because Formula One cars are typically the fastest thing that go around racetracks. And so why don't you get a championship point for doing something so remarkable? That's my point. Well, yeah, I mean, the circumstances are everything is just tricked out. Little as possible fuel, and, you know, the, the trim uh, is going to be, uh, you, you can use DRS anytime, all sure. the time. And you still so have it, to do it's it. Not, it's not real life racing. Um but but it's also but it but it's it's at such a pace like maybe this is just something we disagree on which is fine, but you when you look at a fastest lap in a race versus a qualifying lap hot lap in qualifying it's seconds of pace difference, and I think that skill that that raw awesome feat should be rewarded 
with other than just being able to start in front of everybody else. That's just my take. Well, yeah, I can, and I, I certainly uh, see your point, and I might be inclined to think similarly. But what if, what if we take a, just for the sake of our talk, we talk about how a sprint race would would designate who qualifies on yeah. pole. Yeah. And there you get your points. You get a whole lot more excitement uh, of watching an actual racing situation under racing conditions for that given day and that given weather condition. And would that be more exciting? Would that be? But I I think that was going to push me onto what I was going to ask you second is I don't think that this sprint race could work at every place we see a race. Because even at Silverstone, after the first couple laps, first five laps, it did settle into like, okay, this is just a racing stint now. Yeah, you know, there's, I mean, there are tracks that pole definitely gives you, pole position definitely gives you an advantage to win that race. Well, and, and like, it's not like you'd want, you'd see a, a sprint race at Monaco. I don't, I think that'd be pointless. Well, like, you mean because of all the wrecks? Well, because well, there would either it would either be a bunch of crashing, or it'd be so, people. It'd be so processional because people are taking it so cautiously that, yeah. like, because why? Why would I risk everything for three points when I could get twenty five tomorrow? Right. You know. Well, and that's and is and Monaco is isn't it known as one of the tracks that you know you you get, get pole, you're likely to win the race. Isn't uh, that one of those? Yeah, yeah. But, but is, is it worth wrecking your car to get that? Like we learned from Leclerc this year that it's not worth it because right. he, he didn't get I anything mean, from that. I mean, I guess at least in a sprint race, he would get he would get uh, three points. But I think, yeah. you know, but there, I think, you know, I think of, you know, big tracks where overtaking is more easy, like maybe Monza, I think is one of the ones that's actually one of the other testers. So we'll see. We'll see what it looks like in the next. I think yeah. eliminating communication would be awesome to see. I think yeah. um, uh, shorter, even shorter, like five laps. Why does it even need to be 17 or 10? And why is it 100 kilometers? Make it, I want to see action the entire time. You know, if it's a sprint race, make it a sprint, sprint race. Yeah. And, and, uh, and yeah, I think it, I think it, but I think as an idea of making the overall weekend a more desirable thing, success for sure. But we really need well, that. and it or is it just uh, does it just come down to being able to generate more revenue? Which yeah. is great though, fine, yeah. whatever. Especially if you can yeah. give it to some of the smaller teams, and there's spending caps, and it just pushes the pack closer and closer together, and we get more and more awesome yeah. racing. It's like it's all win 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 for us. So. Because really, isn't it all about, wouldn't you really like to, and really Formula One with all the rules and stuff sort of makes parity in the sport um, where everybody has the same mechanical, technological uh, ability, but then that comes down to the racer. And yeah, who but, then, is but then you're the IndyCar, right? The most skilled racer. And uh, well, there used to be racing series. I think it was the IROC where it was. You know, every car was the same Camaro. And yeah, I don't want to see and, that because we also and, will miss out on all the interesting ways of interpretation and and right. development of like, okay, well, 
you know, because three people can look at a problem, the same problem and have different answers in formula one, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just like, you can't do this basically. And they're like, well, right. it doesn't yeah. say I can't do this, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I just, I think it really opens up a lot of, well, I just think it is a little unfair when you're, a bit. yeah, when you're Mercedes, Red Bull, or Ferrari, and you can spend hundreds of millions of dollars to develop to to buy a a unobtainium nut for yeah. for an engine part, which saves you point zero 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 five grams, yeah. you know. But but you do that a hundred and you know. 175 times and now you're a kilogram lighter than Williams or whatever, you know? And it's like that kind of stuff that it's like, okay, that's just, you just have more money. That's all that is. It's not, it's not, you're not out. You're not thinking outside the box. You're just buying outside the budget of other teams. And I want to see creative thinking, creative problem solving, advancements in engineering, advancements in tire, you know, technology, not just having more money to buy lighter weight stuff. And I yeah. think that's what the spending caps are kind of going after, or at least putting. And we'll we'll get on to this. Well, let's just what I mean. Let's get into the the race turn the cops incidents between Max because that's what this yeah. is gonna all lead into it about money and budget yeah. caps. But I mean, I'm sure if you're a fan and you're listening to this, you and you haven't lived under rock, you know that Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton collided at cops resulting in Max Verstappen being out of the race with a 51G impact into the wall at 180 miles an hour and um, Hamilton going on. Um, So your gut reaction, penalty deserved, undeserved. Is it a racing incident? What's your take? What was your initial gut take when you saw that happening? You know, I thought thought, uh, Hamilton took away the, the line from Max. Because I, he moved a little bit to the left uh, instead of heading toward the apex, which he ultimately headed for. Mm-hmm. But um, but then, you know, it was a pretty good racing. <laughs> I got to. There and was, it, I uh, mean, there was yeah. there was room to the outside that been, for Max yeah. too, though. Could he have had was it a, was it understeer or did uh, Lewis lose his grip of the wheel or, or somehow or um, I, and. Uh, Keep going. Sorry. You know, so my initial thought was, you know, you bastard, you know, mm. like. Um, so you thought, then, uh, Lewis, you agree with the stewards. Lewis was was more to blame than Max. That was my initial impression, yeah. Okay, great. Mine was, then, this is a racing incident. These are two guys yeah. racing for a world championship. Let them, they, I want them. I want to see close contact. Okay, that out of the way. The penalty, Lewis was served a 10-second stop-go penalty, which he served. Do you think that that was fair, harsh, or not harsh enough? Well, you know, is that without considering the end of the race? Yeah, <laughs> not, I mean, I mean, we all know that he goes on to to uh, to do well in the race. Was it? Did he, yeah. he didn't win. No, he did win. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, well, he came it, down and won. Um, yeah. So, right so what? What's the point of the penalty? Is are we? I mean, are we? Are we saying you cost Max this, so that means you can't have anything? Like, is it the Horner? Yeah. Are you the Horner? You know, like, yeah. 
he needs to be disqualified and and he can't race in the next race and and his first son must pay me five dollars right yeah it's it's i mean or but, you know, was it a, it was it that, a just penalty i mean we yeah, that, that's I wouldn't the say thing it's is, the most severe penalty that you could have been given. A drive-through penalty would have been more severe. Yeah, but it wasn't the least penalty for something very similar that we've seen happen. We look right. back just to to Austria and and pushing someone off the track. Granted, this did happen at a high-speed corner, which had high-speed impacts, so I think that added some severity to it. But yeah. I mean, the stewards deemed it the appropriate response. I thought there shouldn't have been any response. And so for him to do the response that the stewards deemed was fair and win, good for him. Bully for him. He's an an absolute animal. Yeah, I think that we saw something uh, pretty special there. I mean, can you imagine? An electric. I think there was something like 140,000 fans there. Yeah. Rooting, yearning, cheering. Most yeah. all of them rooting, yearning, and cheering for Hamilton to do what he did right. and then do it. That must There must have been so much debauchery that happened that night. So many pints drank. <laughs> so many. I don't know. There may have been a few people in jail on the team. I don't right. know. But um, – but, uh, you know, getting back to my initial versus my ultimate yeah. thing was, you know, that gut thing like, oh, you did it. You actually did yeah. it. And then you start looking at it. Oh, did he have understeer? But, and then you started thinking about it and saying, oh, wait, do I, do we really want to put the fear in the drivers so they won't try to t- overtake uh, because throwing out these penalties? And then, then I kind of came back saying, that's, Probably was a racing incident, but you know. even if it's not, which it inevitably isn't on a call, it's the stewards' call, and they made the call, and he yeah. he dealt with the penalty, like he did it. Who? Right. So what? Just because he's it didn't change he's the paid? outcome. Yeah. So what? Yeah. The pen- I mean, I mean, a penalty is a penalty, whether or not because if you want him to, to, if you want the outcome to be Hamilton doesn't score points or doesn't come in first, just make that the penalty then. You know, yeah. but the penalty was a five se- or 10 second stop go penalty, which he served and still won. And if he can do that, bully for him. Good for Definitely. him. Good for the team. Well, we probably witnessed some of the most skilled driving that you'll probably see in a long time, if not forever, because how do you do that? How do you come back to win? I mean, uh, you have a Mercedes for one. Well, yeah, and you have good. arguably the greatest driver of all time, second. Yeah, and it's his home Grand Prix. I mean, it, I'm not trying to. I mean, it was special, and we're going to talk about this. I think this could be the just one of the definitive deciding moments of Max Hamilton' career. This could oh. be the last time that they're ever that close. You know? Yeah. Like this could be well, certainly a de- yeah. a deciding impact, and so I. But I also. Max could have backed out, and I think this was inevitable because this has been this. Max is an all-out driver, and he usually comes out on top. He doesn't yield. He doesn't concede, and we right. and we've seen throughout this season. I think of Imola, and I think of Spain, where 
Max is going for it, and Hamilton knows that, and he's using his maturity, I guess, in certain areas to go, I'm going to take the loss on this turn and hopefully fight back later on in the race kind of thing. Right. Instead of being like what Max happened and be in the wall and take no points and potentially have damage to the chassis, damage to the motor, you know, or even seriously, I mean, Max was taken to hospital. 51 Gs, that's a big impact. And everything yeah, was fine, inevitably, but what if it wasn't? Yeah. What if you broke your wrist? Well, yeah. What if you, you yeah, know, like, I mean, there's so many little things. I mean, those cars are remarkably safe, but they're not, they're not death proof. No, they're not, not. injury proof. I mean, G's are G's, not. you know? And yeah, he's, he's like taken that higher road multiple, multiple times. And he's, I think it was coming to a point where, and I think this is why the sprint race actually, I think, played into this, is it cost him that pole that he worked so hard at on Friday by being that yeah. safe and cautious. And he knew Max was going to do that. And he knew he had a slower car. And so he knew he had to get in front on that first lap. He had to, or Max was going to run away with that race. Yeah. There was nothing that they could do, and they knew it. And so, and I think he also had to send a message to Max saying, hey, you little shit, I've done this a lot more than you, and you're not yeah. going to bully me around. You're not going to push me around. I'm not going to give yeah. up my record-breaking world title season just to be safe and cautious. I can't do it. Yeah. I, don't, I think there's a point where Hamilton's going to throw that out, out the – out the window and and he's going to put his car like he did and it ended up costing him that 10 seconds but he's going to say he's going to say okay you want to have a crash i'll have a crash we'll see okay. what happens I, I just know how to crash better huh <laughs> i just know how to crash better <laughs> i guess where I, where, where, I can, where I can break you but i could still go on yeah but, i mean i don't think i mean hamilton at that point was already behind so I don't, you know, like he's kind of sitting there going, uh, we're, we're both, if we're both going to go into every torn, every corner that we come in contact with each other thinking like, I think he just did what Max did to him and all of the other races and all of the other yeah. instances that this has happened where Max makes you be the person to decide whether or not you're going to have a crash. And Lewis just flipped that on him and said, okay, I'll play your game. Yeah. Well, and Max was, you know, he came in, you know, kind of a reckless guy, you know. And I, I, I would, I would, I would push back on my, reckless. I think, I think Max is aggressive, but I yeah, don't okay. think. I mean, it's not like there's a lot of these instances of of contact. I wouldn't say, and he doesn't, he doesn't have any points on his his super license, so. I wouldn't say reckless. I would definitely yeah. say aggressive, but I think that's one of the things that makes Max Verstappen the absolute phenom that he is, is that who who gave him that that confidence, that ability, that is that inherent? Did he learn that? I mean, that does set him apart from a lot of the other drivers on the grid. Yeah. I mean, it sets you know, him like, apart yeah. from a seven-time world champion. Yeah, like when we were first started watching Formula One, Max's dad Yaz was driving. Yeah, and and I'd like to go back and see. I, I kind of have a general sense that Yaz in his career was pretty aggressive too, and so um, that may play in into it somewhat. But uh, the uh, yeah, it's uh, I think that that was. And, and does this mean is this the 
start of the swing where Merck is going to start coming back with you know, chipping away, chipping away, coming back and making this thing really tight. I mean, we'll see. I mean, and we'll get onto that when we move on to Hungary because I remember leaving. Oh man, Max has got blood in his mouth now, like maybe literally. Yeah. But I can't wait to see them go again because is he going to play it cautious? Or is he gonna say, "Oh, f- oh, you want to crash? You want to play the crash yeah. game?" But yeah. that does bring us to what got us onto this topic or started us on this. Anyways, is there are spending caps and they are being enforced, and so there's going yeah. to be some serious talks, you know, especially after Hungary as well, where it's like, "Hey, this is gonna cost us money." Like, what? What? That's not fair. We didn't crash. We didn't. We didn't we didn't plan on spending this money. It's not our fault. It's not like Max drove into the wall. And I think one of the commentary I, I heard is, um, man, you never heard Williams saying any of that. You never heard, you know, like all these people yeah. who just didn't have the money to begin with. Like these spending caps are affecting the teams that they are meant to affect. You know, it's like, yeah, welcome to where everyone else is all of the time, man. Like we can't just go buy a new car. We don't have the money to do it, so. Well, wasn't that wasn't that part of the the way Christian Horner, you know, uh, you know, really pushed back on the decision? Um, yeah. About because of cost that uh, there should have been more or something like that. Oh yeah, because that Mercedes needs to pay it. Yeah, because yeah. of the great expense incurred. From that rack, I guess it just totally destroyed everything. I, I don't think they're using the chassis or anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, well, tell your driver to not drive into other teams. Tell your driver yeah. to back out. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, Max. Yeah. I, they may. The way I look at it is, it seemed like the stewards were like, okay, Lewis is fifty-one <laughs> percent. You know, yeah. because the, the rules yeah. state. uh a hundred or majority percent of the incident can be attributed to one driver. They should endure yeah. a penalty. It doesn't, I mean, but, it's like, so unless you can mathematically prove that it's 50-50 or le- like that's the racing incident line, I guess. But like yeah. Max wasn't faultless. There was room. Max knows what a brake pedal is. Max oh, yeah. could have gone to, gone to the outside more. I mean, at one point, Lewis was side by side him. Even maybe slightly oh, yeah. ahead. I mean, it wasn't like Lewis did something reckless and out of the bounds. I mean, he was aggressive. He did put his car more in the center, but he also dummied. He was in that position because he dummy faked at Stowe or whatever. The, the, right. You know? And again, well, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, it was, and a lot of people were like, well, you know, he backed out or he did it better when he passed Leclerc, but that was more than that was 40 laps later on the car's way less heavy um was a different tire compound like he learned from that mistake i think there's a lot of things and i just think it was it was it was kind of like get over it man i get that this affects you guys yeah. in a big way but but that's racing like that is what you signed up to do like this is like i don't know a single fan unless you're a diehard max fan who, but I mean, it, it flip the roles, and I think Mercedes would be saying the same thing. I hope not. I don't want to see like things lingering on and on and on. Right. 
yeah, if that you were was to kinda... make a decision, you can appeal it, I guess, if you want. I think that's in your in your rule right. rule book. But like, he did it. He got penalized. Sorry, it wasn't yeah. what you wanted. But I'm sure there's going to be incidences moving forward where yeah, was, well, yeah, where it, you get and, penalized. Uh, it was a really expensive wreck for you, but you know, it's the cost of doing business. Like, you're not making a decent living at this man. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, come on. But um. Well, and, uh, and or it's doing what the rules was set to do and, and leveling the playing field. Yeah. I mean, Williams, Haas, Alphatari, you know, those teams, they can't just spend that money. Like these these spending caps would ne- were never and are never going to really apply to some of these lower teams. They're instituted right. for these big teams where, yes, there should be, just because you have deep pockets, you still should be accountable for your 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 spending and your your racing and uh, and what your drivers do. And if your driver puts a car in a wall, well, that's a cost, and that's going to have consequences. Right. You, you, you know, the, the old adage, is, if it's too hot in the kitchen, you probably ought to get out. You that's know, right. deal with it. That was kind of a pushy I mean, and then there was some, there was that tweet, Max tweeted that he was pretty upset that, Lewis was celebrating, Mercedes was celebrating in such a manner while the driver that he put into the wall was in hospital. And it's like, <laughs> Man. I get, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, but it's his home Grand Prix, you know? I'm not, yeah. I don't think he uh, was flamboyant in anything. I don't think he did anything that Max wouldn't have done. And I, if you're okay to tweet, I think you're okay to let your yeah. the victors celebrate. Um, but... Uh, and, uh, it made for some pretty, um, awesome and awesome. I think an, another thing I want to touch on is look just how great Leclerc did to be in the position to, to sweep up the lead of the race right after that incident and to hold it for as long as he did, um, was, was just another, another telltale sign of show of how brilliant Leclerc is. Um, yeah. What a phenomenal driver! What a phenomenal job he did! Because I mean, honestly, it, it should have been Botas. Oh yeah, should have like, been. I mean, Leclerc was already past Botas. I mean, off of like I think by turn one, he got to jump off him on the line, uh, or was around yeah. him very shortly after that to to inherit that position. And I think he did an excellent job leading every single race, every single lap of that that race afterward um so yeah and i think i didn't i I mean i think hamilton back uh, was managing pace for the first stint because they knew that they were going to have that penalty that they had to serve um because you did see once once he came back out after the penalty like the difference in the pace of that mercedes and you saw the true raw pace advantage but uh, mercedes have over the Ferraris at the current moment, but I think Ferrari is still doing better than anybody thought they were doing after the back of last season. And Leclerc has, has done well always. He's always overachieved that car. Whereas Botas definitely underachieved the car he was in. Definitely. That's, that's why I think that's been the disappointing thing for me this year. And I know for you, but Oh yeah. Botas is just, but you know, we've talked facts. about this. We've talked about that's the facts, and we talked about this. But it appears that we're on the verge of that young blood coming in as the as the the veterans start to lose their edge. Um, 
uh, I don't think they're any less competitive, but I mean, as you, you know, just your ability, your physical abilities to control something like that at a high level, uh, you start to lose it. And I think I we're starting, there's a lot of great drivers coming out. I wonder how much of with Botas is it's just a mental thing. Like, I think he's had a mental break. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine how difficult, and we can talk about this more when we look to the future, but racing against yeah. somebody like Hamilton, I mean, even like being like Ricardo and or um, any of the second Red Bull drivers and racing against Max, like, or somebody, or, or, or Science racing against Leclerc, like these people that have been, you know, are, have, seem to have this clear innate ability to race, but like, it's even amplified because Botas also has almost all of their records to back it up too. Yeah. And there has to be, that has to, has to play a huge mental role on you. Like, like trying to like carve out your space in that organization. That's clearly set up to be working for Hamilton. I mean, every driving, every, every team is going to be set up. Even Norris, Reich, uh, Ricardo, it's the, it's in the best interest of the team to to support in more favor whoever is doing better, and it it sucks that I mean Botas joined into the middle of that seven year run, yeah. And so he never had that Rosberg, Hamilton were on e- even footing. I mean Hamilton actually had to take that away from Rosberg because yeah, when Hamilton joined the team, he was the second driver. He came, he took Schumacher's place, you know, and he had, right. to, and there was, he, I feel like there's more of that, like, and, and Ricardo and Rosberg to his credit, never gave up, never accepted that. I'm your second, I'm your teammate. I'm, I'm here to help you win. And I think that's, you know, he, he did get that world championship away from Lewis, but you also, he also promptly retired immediately afterward because he yeah. knew, and we can touch on this when we talk about hungry but he is somebody who firmly has a grasp on the abilities that lewis hamilton has and knows what it takes to beat him over a full season because we've seen botas be as good or better in qualifying than hamilton but there's and there's and 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 botas is a phenomenal driver no doubt but is he a world champion there's a lot of i mean you have to be in a phenomenal driver to get into formula one or or wealthy but let's just say on skill and you have to be an even more phenomenal driver to get a race win. And then you have to be something out of this world, next level, to be somebody who can do that consistently over the course of a season and win a world championship. Um, there are plenty of amazing, amazing drivers that aren't world champions. Um, yeah, that's and, absolutely and, true. And and that may just happen. That may that looking like what just is Botas, Botas's will have to come. And, and maybe that's where he's at is he's coming to terms with that. That's not who he is. And that, that opportunity is sl- quickly slipping through his fingers. And that's, yeah, that's gotta you know, be a hard mental hole to dig yourself out of. Yeah. And, and, always, and the, he's been plagued with bad luck the entire time as well. Sorry. Last bit. I'm always yeah. going to defend my boy Bowie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I can't help but think. I just think there's a 
it's a mental thing, and I think it has to do. It just seems that it related to his what apparently was a quite a bitter divorce a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. That, I mean that I mean, after that season after that kind of like God, is it is it, gotten in his head or? And he yeah, still has like played it. a vital role in that team. He has helped Hamilton mm-hmm. out many times. He's done his part. He deserves yeah. what he's got. I don't think. But he does make mistakes. He is bad yeah. at starts. He does lose more positions than Hamilton. He does get out qualified yeah. over to Hamilton. And I don't know if he deserves his spot. I want to see him there. I like him. But yeah. we'll see. Okay. And the only thing else I wanted to touch on was Norris. It, it was another close um, close podium for Norris. And yeah. Ricardo finished in fifth. It was a huge points haul. One of the best points haul for McLaren. But they're just on a on a tear, um, and then yeah, Sonoda got his first point that race as well, which was which was really cool to see as well. Yeah, definitely, it was a good one. It was a good one. It for was a, a lot fan, of it was a fantastic race. I mean, yeah, despite being one of the most controversial crashes, which I mean will be talked about forever and ever. I'm over it, and I, I remember there was a great like in the press conference before Hungary because we're moving on to Hungary, so this will be a perfect segue. One of the one of the commentators goes to ask um, Max like, "What's gonna happen at turn one?" And he's like, "Enough already! I'm I'm I'm, I'm, we're, I'm tired. We've given you the answers. Stop needling it out on us. We're racing drivers. We're gonna race." Um, and they're like, "Lewis, do you have anything to add?" And he just like shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> like it was so good. Uh, yeah. Like uh, enough is enough for real though. Like yeah. And that's where I'm at with it too. Is the stewards decided, let's go on. Let's move on. I mean, we can argue all we want at the end of the season if this is the dividing factor, but the fact of the matter is it's halfway. It's not even halfway. There's so much racing left to be done. Let's let the racers race. Let's move well, on. Let's, let's run the races, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so that, brings, that us, brings us to another phenomenal race, Hungary, a Hungara ring, which is another one of it's. It's just a great track, and we start mm. in the wet. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it wasn't Maybe. in the wet. It wasn't raining. <laughs> it had rained very hard, and the track was wet. And everybody starts on intermediates. And then what happens then after that, Dad? <laughs> the formation lap occurs. And all of a sudden, the only person on the grid is no, Lewis no, no, Hamilton. No, 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 grid, no, no, right? That's the second. That's the second part. Oh, okay. You skipped. You skipped Botas the destroyer. Oh, the destroyer. Okay, the sorry about that. Yeah, I guess I'm so excited that I've never seen that before. Yeah, so. we'll get there. Yeah, but okay. Well, uh, I'll say it then we have we get a start and it's in the wet and uh, they're going into turn one and Bowie, Bowie, Bowie. Back on the topic of Bowie, um, he just locks up, slides right into the back of Norris. Norris uh, then has no choice but to crash right into Max Verstappen. And then Botas, being damaged from his collision with Norris, goes right into the side of Perez. So I guess you could make a case that taking out both Red Bulls uh, <laughs> and uh, letting – uh, but also taking yourself out. Maybe that played into the role of, uh, hey, I still have a, I'm a valuable member of this team. Watch what I can do. I may not win races, but I can take out team. I can take out competitors. 
No, I don't think he did. He definitely didn't do it intentionally. I think. Um, oh come it, on! It was a conspiracy the whole time. Oh, conspiracy! Yeah, that, I mean Horner was probably like, "See, look what they do to me again." <laughs> um, and it will have ramifications. I'm, I'm more more than likely because this isn't Perez's first crash either. Um, both both Red Bull drivers will have to take a penalty for a new power unit at some point. Um, so it is it is costly. It does play into that that um, the cost cap thing that we were just talking about. Um, and it is unfortunate. Botas was quick on the radio to say it was my fault. It was a mistake. I'm very sorry. Uh, and he got a five grid spot penalty at the next race, which m- more than more than fair. I think it's like you can't argue that it was his fault. It was an error. Let's move on. There was some criticism yeah. from Norris. There was com- some criticism from Ricardo. Um, and then simultaneously or just after that, Stroll does something similar, tries to avoid him running into somebody, gets on the grass, which puts him into Leclerc, which yeah. then takes out Ricardo. So both Red Bulls and both McLarens um, mm-hmm. were out of the – out of the Hungarian Grand Prix at the first corner, which was exciting at the time, but also did rob us of that the the, the accumulation of of Silverstone the Max. Um, I guess I shouldn't say Max wasn't out of the race, but his car was so heavily damaged. Uh, I mean, the rear right. floor panel of of this of the contact side was just gone. Um, yeah, and he 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 had he spent the whole race just wrestling that car. I think at one point he says, "We're as slow as a hoss." <laughs> Must have felt really bad being a hoss. Um, but he, I mean, with the damage that he sustained, he was he he only made it up to ninth place. Um, well, he probably was probably his arms felt like noodles too. I I, I imagine uh, that undry. I mean, at such a at such an aerodynamically um, the, like your car, uh, a track where you need your aerodynamics yeah. to have almost none. Um, yeah, must have been a challenge. So I mean, kudos to him. He did pick up that point, but um, yeah. And but it did make for some very interesting race for the rest of. Uh, the pack those those back runners got promoted up rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Ocon took the lead of the race. Um, I think followed shortly after by Latifi for a while was in second. And you're like, what the heck is happening? I mean, imagine if you just tuned in after not seeing that crash, and it's like Ocon's <laughs> leading, Latifi <laughs> leading. Um, you're like, what the heck, Carlos Sainz? Didn't he start fifteenth? How is he in third place? Yeah. Um but uh and uh Hamilton um oh so so we have let's get to the, the other exciting point. Um there was a red flag, uh, obviously with all of that debris and carnage on the floor uh, on the track. They had to that's how we get there. I, I'm now I'm skipping ahead. Um, yeah. there was a, a pretty significant red flag period and then they had to do a formation lap. Um, and then you t- take it away, pops. So they well, do that, for they, the restart. Yeah, for the restart, they take that formation lap, and then and um, you know Lewis is out front, basically, 
Yes. And he just drives up to his spot on the grid, but every other car goes in and gets slicked. Yeah, by uh, the time the track was drying out. Yeah, by the time they yeah. completed their formation lap, quote unquote, um, like Ru- I think Russell's on the radio and says everyone, literally everyone, is going into the pits. <laughs> and yeah, um, I think I listened to some commentary about this that, that there was a debate that according to the F one rules on formation formation laps, you cannot have any communication between driver and pit crew pit wall. And so some people thought that is this a formation lap or is this a racing lap? Because technically, even though it was behind, uh, it, it, the the formation lap was behind the safety car. It wasn't a traditional like um, formation lap where it's just led out by the by the pole position driver. There was right. a safety car, so it did that lap counted as a racing lap. And so there was some people who did make that call, but it was so bizarre to see a lights out scenario, lights out in the way we go scenario where there's just one car on the grid. Yeah, I, I just, I'd never seen that. You never, yeah. And, um, there was some, I, some people that commentated that said that, um, it really wouldn't have because of where Mercedes pit position is. It's there, their first position that it would have been just as bad to have pitted with everybody else anyways. Because you would have you would have had to come out behind cars, or else you would have had an unsafe leaf. Um, right. And they don't know. They they had no way of knowing. And, but but what did play out is obviously Hamilton went away, but was something like six seconds a lap slower because the track was well, dry. Um, he was still on. Yeah, he was on inters, and everybody else was on soft compound tires. Yeah. Um, so he came out dead last and he was in the back for a while and then he was, he was finding it very challenging to pass. Um, Hungara ring is not the easiest track to pass on. Um, so he ended up pitting a second time to try and just break up and get into some clean air, which that's where, um, he passed Max, I think in just and just pit lane passing, like, rotation of pit lanes. So we didn't actually ever really get to see um, that Max-Hamilton um, battle. But I do remember because uh, Nico Rosberg was commentating for the actual race he was filling in for Martin Brundle. Um, they, the crafty asked him, he's like, so where do you think Hamilton, you know, coming in last, he comes out of the pit last, he's like, so what's a realistic Will goal? he make it to the podium? Yeah, what what do you think? Yeah. What do you think Hamilton can do? He's like, I think he could win. I think he he'll win. Like, there's a good chance he win. This is still early enough. And they're like, go be serious. And he's like, I am being serious. I raced. I shared a garage with this guy. I know what he can do. Um, and and Carlos Sainz was saying the same thing. He's saying, watch Hamilton pitting again. He's gonna do something. Watch him. Keep an eye on Hamilton. I don't want to lose my podium. I want. Um, and and. Sure enough, I mean, he just drives. I mean, he doesn't just drive straight through, but it. And then we had awesome battles up front between Ocon and Vettel, and they were just fighting it out lap after lap. It kept going eight, eight tenths of a second to second and a half, eight tenths to. And Vettel was just throwing everything they can. It shows how tight the Alpine and the. Well, how hard it is to overtake it hungry, but also 
just because uh, I did think it, it did seem. I don't know. Did you pick up on this that it seemed like the that um, the racing point or the Aston Martin was uh, ha- seemed to be fast faster? Like it it seemed like Vettel could gain and lose that gap at kind of will, but he could never get a, a move to stick. Was that just me, or did you see that too? No, I, there was not. Yeah. I agree. I, I I felt the same. But I think they said you needed to have something like a two second uh, pace advantage to make an overtake work. Um, but regardless, it was that seems like a lot. It was a, a phenomenal battle to watch, and it was it was great to watch uh, Hamilton work his way up there. And he he, come, he yeah. comes out and he did have that two second lap. I think it was two seconds. I'm not. Not certain. It was a lot, though. I know it is a lot, but Hungary's not easy. Um, but we got to finally see, after all these years, the 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 Hamilton Alonso battle we always wanted to see when they were both at McLaren. Yeah. And anybody yeah. who who you know thought that this was just a that Alonso coming back to the sport, what a washed up old diva. Um, yeah. Boy, has he just been putting the haters uh, out to pasture this season. I think yeah. he has really come alive starting in I mean he's he did some he did some great stuff in Spain um but really that sprint sprint race I mean he's been right in the in the back of the or right in the midfield mix this whole season and boy he held up Hamilton like it, like it was his job. I mean Yeah. yeah. And I mean, well, and he knew it, and I think Ocon knew it too. At the end of the race, at the podium, he's like, uh, "This is a shared victory." <laughs> yeah, he said, "Yeah, well, it's just there's the team strategy for sure." But it, and hard track to pass on, and Alonso has always been known as one who defends his track position well. Yeah, Not I think there was legally. a couple points where they were like, "That's a bit, that's uh, <laughs> yeah." And, but, and Hamilton uh, was like, you can't, what, is, what is this guy doing? He can't. Uh. Yeah. And then at the end, he was like, that was a lot of fun, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's, uh, and it, So it was just brilliant. Um, you know, he really came through for Alpine. I mean, uh, a one and four finish for a up here to four mid-running team. It's uh, phenomenal. Well, and, uh, especially with with one Ferrari retired and both McLarens retired. Like, oh, yeah. That's some big points moving up right there. Oh, yeah. That's what – I mean, they took advantage of the opportunity. That's that's the other thing. It's everybody yeah, – I mean, you always want to see the backup situation come in and do well because they're just an underdog all well, of a sudden. And, and I mean, to, 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 which brings us on to – I mean, we talked about it already, but, but Ocon led every single lap, man. He did I know. phenomenal. That was brilliant. And, and I mean, I think a lot of people were like, when, when Alpine signed him for another three years, they were like, what? I mean, I know Ocon some, had some really hot hype coming up out of GP2 and stuff, and he's a great driver, and like, but then he had some pretty dismal races, um, Hungary, or the, the Austrian Steering Grand Prix, and it seemed like, oh, I got my, I got my contract, so I can kind of chill it out, and then... And then you have a two-time world champion just throwing everything he has at you, yeah. and you stay composed, and you 
you hold on and you 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 get that vic- I I mean he did inherit that. I, I wouldn't say it's completely on merit. You know, it's not on pace that they won that race, but it's completely on merit that he did win it. Yeah. He inherited that, but he did not lose it. He did not put a foot wrong. And yeah. and and Alonzo played the part and I think Ocon said that at the, at the thing. He's like, a lot of people told me things about Alonzo and being a teammate to Alonzo, and I can tell you they're all lies. Yeah. Um. Or I haven't, or at least I haven't experienced any of that. And I thought that was yeah. really cool as well. Well, it's cool because you know you kind of get the sense that Ocon is one of the nice guys. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, he came in. Even when he was a young guy, came in as a rookie. He just he seemed to be a lot more mature than his his years would um, suggest he should be. And so you, you always kind of you always like to you like to see things passed around a little bit, shared around a little bit, and certainly a deserving guy, I think. And I mean, that team put it together, and, and uh, you know, it's and that's another. It's Spa similar enough to uh, the Hungaro Ring. We may see a little bit more action than we're bargaining for. Um, and then, yeah, uh, briefly touching on science, obviously. Um, well, so because Ham- once once Hamilton does clear Alonzo, he makes short work of everybody else. So you really did see the difference between, and I think it just was enough to hold Hamilton up from catching um, Vettel uh, and Ocon. And then let's come on to the. The also, the also exciting post-race action of Vettel being disqualified from the race and, yeah. and promoting Jeez. Hamilton up to second and Sainz up to third. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody uh, shifts up uh, a point yeah. uh, or place um, because place, they yeah. were unable to extract the kilogram or um, one liter. They need to have one liter of fuel. Huh, or a liter... Point seven five or point seven five liter, you know, no, basically I mean, a liter of it's one, yeah, one liter of a fuel to to test the fuel, um, to make sure that there's no cheating. It's it's a rule. It happened. This has happened to other drivers, um, but but uh, Aston Martin put in two legal, one legal and one racing petition against the call. Yeah, um, saying that that they have new evidence that they do have the leader, but it does state in the rules that no body work, um, or can be removed. You can't like, like it has to be able to be extracted from the car without doing anything to the car. Um, which I think just last week was, they actually dropped all the cases and accepted it. Um, yeah, but, um, all in all it was a, uh, Oh, and we, we can't forget to talk about, Nicholas Latifi and Jordan Russell, seventh and eighth place, yeah. and whole points for Williams. I, I mean, that I was, was just great. I mean, that great, such a great heritage team. Um, yeah. So it, it's, uh, it was good to see those guys. You know, George Russell's. The, the rumor mills are are cranking up. Uh, could he be? Yeah. What do you both? Placement, yeah. So, do you think Botas is is at Mercedes next year? Or do you think it's Russell? I don't know. My gut is that he's gone. 
I think I, I hate to say it, but I, I think it's true as well. And and then okay, so then where's he gonna go? Is he go back to Williams or does he go to to Alpha Romeo? I think those are his uh, only two options. Yeah. Or does he pick up does he go to rally racing or something like that? I don't I think he has dabbled in that. Um I, I thought so too. I mean he's from He's from the uh, North Country, so he probably. But I don't I mean, think I don't think you leave Formula One unless you have to, unless you want to yeah. say I'm done with this. Cause... Well, let's. I mean, I think a big part of this, there's something mental. I mean, it's his confidence because he's got a great car, obviously. But and... what if he? What if he can? If he can go to Williams, as, right. as they're in this rebuilding stage. They are under new ownership now. They're no longer owned by the Williams family. And they have set out some pretty lofty goals. They are yeah. a Mercedes partnership team now. They are going to get Mercedes yeah. engines now. They have Mercedes gearboxes now. And but Or, or, or are you going to look at that and go, I've been there. I've done that. And I'm going to go out. I'm going to go somewhere new. I, that looks that looks and feels too much like a step backwards. I mean, let's be real. Anywhere other than maybe a Red Bull is a step backwards. And yeah, but now listen. You know, I, I was thinking about this when we were talking about Alpine's finish. Renault has been a part of constructor championships before, and uh, what has happened with that team is that they've got Renault power now, and is. I mean, Renault knows how to win championships too. So with Alonso, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he with. Well, isn't Alonso a Spaniard though? Well, I know, but I'm saying they like Alonso is driving for them, and yeah, that's who. Well, he, that's where he's got his chance. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like yeah. the 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 stars are aligning, but there's no spot there. Both Alonzo and Ocon yeah. are under contract. Yeah. So, I really uh, think I, it's only Williams and and uh, because there would be a spot at Williams if if they take Russell, and then I and both um, Alfa Romeo drivers are not under contract. There's no contract announced at least for those. And I think yeah. pretty much everywhere else on the grid is. Yeah, but well, you could see a seat vacating there at uh, at Alfa Romeo for sure. So, but the, we have to talk about just the inevitable what that meant for the championship because it did promote Hamilton above Max for stopping in the championship, one hundred ninety five points to one hundred eighty seven points. Yeah, and. Um, uh, <laughs> But we're just halfway through the season. We are just so. halfway through the season, and it did promote Mercedes above Red Bull and the Constructors' Championship, 303 points to 291 points. This yeah. is a historic thing. This is the first time that Red Bull has lost a lead once they've gotten it in the history of their team. So that, well, that it, is, this is making from some – I mean, I'm so excited for the second half. I think – what is your just overall gut reaction on the first half of the season? Because – Mine is this is arguably one of the best seasons of Formula One I've ever seen. Well, it sure it sure set up to be that way, and if um, 
I mean, there's just so many teams that, I mean, the mid runners are getting better. Oh yeah. And they've got those good young drivers and they're getting more experience. And I mean, honestly, know. we, we keep talking about Hamilton and Verstappen. Norris is at 113 points. There's there. Yeah. He could still win this championship. Yeah. I mean, he's not out completely. Like, like mathematically, it is still possible for Botas to win. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I mean, who knows? Perez. What about Perez? Perez, 104. Yeah. He's only four yeah. points behind Botas. Um, I mean, there there is a lot of potential of what can happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it will be either Hamilton or Verstappen, but. Yeah, and, and and I mean, I know you and I are both looking very much looking forward to the next racetrack, which is Spa de Francorchamps, the Belgian oh, Grand Prix, beautifully nestled oh, in the Ardennes forest, mm-hmm. one of the oldest historic Formula One tracks, the longest. Right? Am I right? You're exactly. Right. It's a half a mile longer than the second longest track. I think it's Mexico. I want to say. I think, I think you're right. I think it might be Mexico. Yeah. Um, and just a cool track filled with cool historic turns. Uh, Leclerc, I would be looking at Leclerc to be very racy there. Uh, it's where his first win was. It's also a, a very hollowed or like sad memorial place. What yeah. Was his friend, his that GP2 driver who, who passed there. Um, he was another French driver. And I can't remember his name. I can't remember the GP2 guy. Boy, that was that was a horrible wreck. That's just yeah. Um, I think Hamilton is is now defending his world championship lead, going for his one hundredth Grand Prix win. Yeah. Um, there, Max is coming off of two um, crashes, two almost yeah. one DNF and almost one out of the point yeah. finish. So, um, yeah. Might as well have been. He must be, and then you know, has he been calming himself down over this summer break, or has he been ramping himself up? Um, we also should mention, like you, um, that during this two week break, it's a rule in the Formula One that they cannot, um, no team can work on, develop, plan. They can't even email each other about strategy or or anything moving forward for two weeks. Um, and we're coming off of that, so we're going to have some some rested, anxious drivers lining up to uh, to to start the second half of the season. Yeah. What else? Any other news we should get out of the way before we we wrap this up? Uh, yeah. No uh, Japanese Grand Prix this year. Oh yeah, so. they did announce that there's no GP, uh, no uh, Suzuka, which is yeah. an absolute bummer. Yeah, it's a really iconic track on the circuit that has been for years, yeah. It is an iconic track, and it's also, uh, you know, we have, it's the first year in a long time that we've had a Japanese driver on the grid, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. And it's, it's Honda's last year in the sport. It's, it's, a, it's, it is a big bummer that they couldn't, and they've done so much and come so far. Um, and to, man, rob that, and also to rob us of those, all of the awesome Japanese fans and their their quirky gifts and their oh, yeah. amazing enthusiasm for the sport. Um, <laughs> That's true. I, I, I follow. I follow. Uh, cars on them and stuff. 
I fo- I followed Norris on on Instagram, and he it's a track he's done historically pretty good at too, and he likes. And I think every racing driver really loves re- loves Suzuka. I mean, I think it's just one of those iconic tracks. Um, yeah. And he says, "Man, what a bummer!" Like I'm I'm I'm. He was really lamenting that, and so was Ricardo. I follow him as well. Yeah. Um, and I think Montreal is still technically postponed, or Turkey. I think both. Uh, or no, it's Turkey or something. One of them is also is is questionable. There's still a question mark next to it. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. Um, so and I think one of the rumors is we might get a second U.S. Grand Prix to make up for either one of those if they don't end up going through. Um, mm. Which great for I mean I love Suzuka, uh, Circuit of the Americas, but I I don't know if I'd take two two of those over and not have a Suzuka. I'd definitely rather have a Suzuka. Would they do it at the same place or would they? I mean, you know, it's run it in California. It's been running. Oh, I think it would just be the Circuit of the Americas. Oh, but there is. I did recently hear um, that one of the talks is there might be Qatar. I know that they've been building a racetrack in Qatar. Um, uh-huh. That's I've been. I think is it has been confirmed for the twenty twenty two season, and they might be able to push that. So we might get a brand new racetrack. Which Ooh. come on, let's get. I mean, let's 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 why not. 2021 best formula one season I mean, of all time let's just shake it, it up even following more. 2021 following 2020 and all the ups and downs and oh let's throw a new track in there nobody's been on before <laughs> yeah and uh, that would that might even the playing field this one might get another too. another different podium <laughs> and yet again another um, yeah but uh, i think one of the things about about spa getting back to the spa that it's such it's so captivating is not only its natural beauty but uh, the history of uh, America uh, coming in in World War II and the, the apparently there's tons of museums uh, relating to that in that area and um, but it's also known it's probably well it's probably the best track that re- rewards skilled drivers. I heard, uh, I was listening to an interview with Eddie Jordan, um, uh, was on as a guest. And, uh, who's, who's Eddie Jordan? About, the winners always come back to spa. Who, who's and, Eddie Jordan for the people who may not know? Oh, Eddie Jordan is this, uh, real interesting character, Irish guy. And, uh, really shrewdly, and perhaps somewhat illegally got himself into Formula One kind of through the back door because he wasn't a very good driver and had a relationship with Bernie at the stone. And uh, these are shrewd, shrewd dudes. Didn't and, he, also, and, he was a driver and he also had a team at one point. He had a team and his first year that he had a team was he had three employees <laughs> that now we're talking about if if you don't have upwards to a thousand of employees on a Formula One team nowadays, you're you're kind of a cheap team. Didn't didn't but, they have uh, a, a a German driver that drove for that team that was pretty good? Oh uh, yeah, you know Eddie Jordan is a kook, but he picks he picks these guys like uh, what was that guy's name? Michael Schumacher. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that guy and. Uh, <laughs> Notices people like Ayrton Senna. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, you know, and then he's he's so broke uh, 
because uh, he picked up Schumacher because he wasn't really a, apparently didn't really turn a lot of heads in his you know in in his junior racing leagues. But Eddie Jordan saw something in him and he signed him. But Eddie Jordan, I guess, had some kind of rights to him, and basically Eddie Jordan was going to pull out of I, I want to say. 96 or something like that just couldn't make it through the season financially but when he he uh, knew that he could maintain jordan racing which ultimately went on to win a formula one championship uh but he could feed his family he said and uh that so he fandangled a deal where he made a huge amount of money off of of uh releasing Michael Schumacher to go off and um, I think off to Benetton. So, uh, uh, and just for the, for the history of you, team Jordan was later um, after their financial collapse. um, Well, it went from, uh, was that uh, Stuart Ford? It it ended up being the the most, it's basically force India, which was then racing point, which is now Aston Martin. So it's still, yeah, Technically, some of those those that it still carried on uh, to the Aston Martin team of now. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's just it's just known as the racer, the most skilled race drivers race course because of its its length that translates to high speed, long straights, and very technical corners that uh, uh, require a lot of heavy braking. So also really uh, interesting, so, like downhill braking turns on that, right? And yeah, off camber. Well, and then off camber stuff, you know, with La Rouge uh, and and it's uh, fast. It's yeah. a fast track. There's some fast. quite a it's, few, quite a few turns that are flat out and only flat yeah. out in Formula One cars. Only flat out if you're good enough to drive them. Sure. Flat out. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that kind of a thing. So it's, uh, oh, I don't know. It's just such a beautiful place and all the history and, and such. It'd yeah. be Max's, it's, it's, it's stated as Max's home Grand Prix. Which I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I, I guess uh, maybe it's, I think it's, it's just the closest to, to his Netherlands. Dutch. Yeah. The Netherlands. Well, you know, I think I think what I think it's all considered one country if you have to have a lot of those um, what do you call them those uh, wheels that are the windmills that pump the water. Oh brother! I think if you have one one or two of those in your country, you, you're all kind of brotherhood. Oh my gosh! So then we are we have tons of windmills in our country. <laughs> I don't know. I... <laughs> all right. So we're needless to, to say we're all very excited for Spa, yeah. which is happening in just a couple of days' times. Oh, another good news, uh, last thing to bring up, I guess, because we just talked about Schumacher, is Netflix is releasing uh, the Schumacher documentary on the 15th of September. So we'll have a new Michael Schumacher documentary that looks – trailer looks awesome. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. Go watch it. It's going to be it's gonna be cool. Oh, yeah. You know – it was very hush hush after a skiing accident of how he did and what he's up to and that kind of thing. That'd be interesting to find out. Sure. You know, you. I mean, the, the records that Hamilton has been tying and breaking are Schumacher's. Absolutely. Uh, and 
So uh, and, that gives and you... the team that he inherited to do it with mm-hmm. was also yeah. accredited yeah. a lot to Schumacher as well. Yeah, a lot of this this installation of we do everything as good as we can because it and, is this. Yeah, and it segues into to Nick Schumacher, his son is a driver 30, for Haas. Thirty years later, almost to the day. Yeah. So it's uh, it just keeps getting more interesting cool. all the time, doesn't all it, kid? And it's so, <laughs> I'm so glad I get to watch it and talk about it with you and talk about it with you on a podcast and hopefully yeah. help. Anything better is being in the same room, baby. Well, maybe we can. Let's uh, let's yeah. let, maybe we can record one of these uh, in person coming up soon again. Yeah, we, we've had we've had quite a a run of uh, you know uh, I won't say it. It won't be politically correct. <laughs> it's not then. Um, thank you for your time. I love you. Um, so love happy you too, we got to catch up for uh, yeah. and talk about Formula One. Well, with you. hey, hey, what? Hey, we can't forget that. Uh, let's see. Today is the. Nope, nope. Don't. 20, you, I know what you're going to do. It. Let's 26. not. Well, it's okay. Today's the twenty-six. Let's not. <clears throat> um. Yeah. So that means in four days, Andrew will be. I don't know. Yeah, you don't even know, so you can't say it. Yeah, 32. Oh, I do too know. Nope. So just Safuma. Safuma. Uh, yeah, uh, my birthday present will be spa. Yeah. Well, you know, mom and I got you something. You know, we got, we gave it to you early because we. No worries. You kept asking us. Oh, I'm just saying my Formula is. One gift will be spa, and hopefully it will be an amazing <laughs> gift. It always is. It's this time of year every year. So. Let's do it. And then one yeah. year, one year, my gift will be us going to it. Oh gosh! I'll give that gift to myself, but you can come too. Well, we're budgeting for it. We just gotta do it. It's 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 doable. We can do it. All right. I love yeah, you. We gotta get to the local, we have to get to to the U.S. Uh, or Montreal first because those are easier. Maybe no way. Go big. We can always come. They'll yeah, always be there. Yeah. Well, who knows? Well, who knows if this virus. Crap keeps up. We may never get to travel internationally. <laughs> yeah, what was it? <laughs> really? Who? Or we may not want to travel. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it may be. Uh, you worry about diarrhea in Mexico. You worry about your life over there. I guess. Who knows? But thank you for Crazy your time. Stuff. I had a blast. Yeah, I love it. Love um, it. Love it. We'll talk soon for sure. Okay. All right. Bye, Dad. Bye.